Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Today's speed round is brought to you by Verizon. And as always, we're going to get right to it. Today's topic, rookie running back competitions. And let's begin with a guy who's no longer a rookie and a guy who may no longer be a Patriot. They didn't pick up the fifth-year option on former first-rounder Sony Michelle. What's more likely, Chris? Michelle doesn't make the 53-man roster in New England or he ends up leading the Patriots in rushing yards this year. Uh, I'm going to say doesn't make the roster if you're going to make me pick one of those two. I mean, there, there's no doubt. First off, you know, I think Damian Harris is the guy right off the bat. I think he's their their bell cow. You know, the drafting of Ramondre Stevenson from Oklahoma, Mike, he's a talented player. And the guy that I, I, I wrote down that he reminded me of coming out in the draft was LeGarrette Blunt. So you could see that's why they liked him. He's that type of guy. And Michelle has a knee issue that has plagued him his whole career. So I do worry about that aspect, too. Yeah, I'm going to say Michelle doesn't make the roster. What about you? I think you're right. And that's just the way the Patriots have been. They lather, rinse, repeat, rotate running backs off the roster. They never have a guy who becomes the guy, who becomes that star player that you want on your fantasy football team, that you want to buy his jersey. That's just not the way their offense is operated. It's multiple running backs, plug and play, different guys do different things. That's it. And they never lean on one guy. And so, and that's why it was surprising, frankly, they used a first-round pick on Michelle. It was. Because that sends a message when you use a first-round pick on a running back, or at least it should, but the message prevailing right now is it looks like Michelle's not going to be in the plans over the long haul. And just because a guy didn't have an option picked up, that doesn't mean he won't be on the team. It just means they didn't want to make Commit a that money. commitment. Right. This is the first year where it's not just injury guaranteed, it's fully guaranteed. And there were several guys who still may be on their team beyond this year. But if they do, it's going to be through a new contract that's negotiated without the leverage that comes from having the fully guaranteed contract in 2022. All right, let's look at the Jaguars. They're running backs. What's more likely? Travis Etienne, first-round pick, 25th overall, becomes the guy by the end of the season, or he's in a committee all year long because last year James Robinson, undrafted from Illinois State, ended up being one of the the steals of the not just draft but the period after the draft. Yeah, no, I mean, he did a great job. But, I mean, I'm, I'm going with Travis Etienne's the guy. You know, by the end of the season, 
and I think it's way before that. You know, again, he's he's a first round pick, and he's super talented, and he fits the way they want to play. I mean, they're going to play a Clemson style of offense. That's where he's perfect. And you know, we've talked about him a lot. You know, Alvin Kamara ish and his skill set and all those type of things. Probably a little bit more home run hitting speed, but like an equally effective receiver and runner. And that's where he's going to be awesome in this college spread up-tempo type of offense, uh, I expect him to be the guy. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you as well. And again, you use a first-round pick on a running back. It really does send a message, whether you intend it or not. And you reunite him immediately with Trevor Lawrence. And I have a feeling that they're going to gravitate toward Travis Etienne. All right, Broncos running backs. What's more likely? Javante Williams drafted in the second round, 35th overall, leads the Broncos in rushing, or Melvin Gordon, who arrived via free agency last year, does? Well, I'm going to go with Javante Williams. I I am. Again, he's young, fresh legs. Uh, They traded up in the second round to get him. There's obviously something there that they liked and felt like the running back room needed to be improved. You know, and Melvin Gordon was a good year last year. I think the Broncos look at it, though, like, hey, they got an O-line that's, like, somewhat good. That's what stinks about the Juwan James injury. But I think Munchak's got it in a place where he's happy about. They probably feel like Melvin Gordon left some yards on the field last year. So trading up early second round, like, I think Javante Williams is the guy. He's going he's gonna to lead the team in rushing. And George Payton, the GM of the team, comes from a franchise where more often than not, they have gravitated toward having a guy, not a committee approach. Not necessarily apples to apples, but that's Payton's history, not the the Patriots approach where you've got this this cluster of guys that just get shuttled on and off the field. They've had Adrian Peterson during Payton's time in Minnesota and more recently, and obviously they've had Dalvin Cook. The Jets... Michael Carter falls to them in round four, may be one of the steals of the draft. What's more likely, he leads the Jets in rushing yards this year or one of the other running backs on the roster does. Currently, they've got LaMichael Piron, Tevin Coleman, and Ty Johnson. Ooh, it, it is a like it, one of the steals of the draft. Unbelievable they got him at the top of the fourth round. And then, you know, a, a scheme fit, too. That's where like I get excited about it. So, yeah, for this, I'm going he's leading the Jets in, in rushing. I have no doubt about it. I do think it'll be a little bit more of a – maybe a committee approach here early on with them. You know, they have a proven commodity in Telvin Coleman, who was with LaFleur out in San Francisco. So I'm sure they'll trust him and give him some work and all that. Um, the the LaMichael Perrine, uh, Ryan, excuse me, he played well last year and did some good things. But I think ultimately Carter's the guy. This, is, this can be Devontae Freeman with Shanahan and the Atlanta Falcons. That's the kind of runner Michael Carter is really really shifty can really explode through the hole and make some big plays i think it's a a great fit by the jets and there you see 1245 yards last year rushing fourth in the ncaa 49ers you mentioned that tevin coleman came from there trey sermon or at least has experience with Kyle Shanahan and in that offense. Was he? What Coleman was in San Francisco. I can't keep track of where these running backs constantly move around from team. Isn't that uh, like no position in in football? Guys, it's just pop them around, pop them around every year. Spin the wheel and you see where they land. Yeah. So this year, Trey Sermon lands in San Francisco via the draft. He was great last year with Ohio State. What's more likely? He starts multiple games this season for the 49ers, who are currently led by Raheem Mostert, or he doesn't have a noticeable impact. I'll go with like starts multiple games. Not that the I think he's more talented than like Mostert or Wilson or anything like that. But those are smaller speed type running backs. Every year those guys get banged up. 
We see it. You know, it's like Matt Breida there with the 49ers too. You know, smaller speed guy ran like a freight train through holes, but yeah, it, it beat him up and took, you know, years away from his career playing that style. So I think Sermon's going to get in there just because they run the ball so much and that guys will be beat up. I don't think he's like going to be the bona fide starter, but I'm going to play the angles of Wilson and Mostert get beat up a little bit to where he gets some starts that way. All right, let's take a break. When we return, the first-year general manager of the Detroit Lions on the heels of his first draft, Brad Holmes, joins us here on PFT Live. We'll be right back. Football Talk is brought to you by Verizon, built right for business. That's the video from the selection being communicated. Brad Holmes excited to put the name Penny Sewell on the card at number seven overall. That was one week ago today. And here he is, Lions GM Brad Holmes, one week removed from his first ever draft as an NFL GM. He could be doing anything that he wants. And for some strange reason, he's spending some time with us. Good morning, Brad. How are you? Morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. How you doing? Oh, we're doing great. Not as great as you were doing last <laughs> Thursday night. My, 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 my theory was that you guys wanted decaf and they actually put caffeinated coffee in the room. Is there any truth to that? <laughs> I will say, uh, you know, there was, there was no um, request for a decaf, uh, but I will say it was just the raw, genuine emotion. Um, and it's just everything that went into the selection of Panay um, you know, just everybody kind of said, you know, oh, well, that's your first draft pick. And but yeah, it was that. But it was just everything that, you know, the uh, the culture that's, you know, we've been putting in place here starting from the very beginning. And, you know, to be able to land a player such as Pinay, who was highly sought after on our cluster of players who we'd be thrilled to get um, just couldn't hold back those emotions, man. Yeah, Brad, I mean, you talk about culture. It seems like the first three picks are all, you know, knee kneecap biters and ankle biters and all those things. I mean, was that the plan of attack or did it kind of just fall that way to you guys? Yeah, it kind of just uh, – I will say it did fall that way. Um, you know, there, there, there was a – I guess you cut a, a cluster of players, you know, that we said, look, if, if, if we get any – these guys, you know, we would just be thrilled. And, you know, and obviously we had, you know, another subset of players, you know, that we would have been very happy to uh, acquire as well. But uh, I would say that um, Panay was obviously um, high up on that list, you know, in that cluster of players that, you know, we were hoping that was going to fall to us. Didn't know you don't have the crystal ball. You try to do as much as you can on the front end right. to forecast and predict. But, um, through everything that happened, we just couldn't be more thrilled. When did it become clear to you, Brad, that there was a very good chance that Penny Sewell was still going to be there through the first six picks? Yeah, um, it, it, it really didn't become clear. It, it Well, I'll say this. After Cincinnati went with Chase, um, really was not 
I wasn't sure exactly if Miami would go. Um, kind of had a feeling that, you know, they may have been in the wide receiver market. But, you know, you just never know that they may have had, you know, just that kind of grade on Sewell that they could take him or another team could have went up there ahead of us and, and, and traded up to, to, to get him. So um, as soon as uh, you saw the highlights of Waddle flying down the screen, then that's when the whole room exploded <laughs> as we knew that we kind of got our guy. Yeah, like that's where, like, you, you got your guy – when you know, all right, you got a Penny Sewell, he's so high on your board, you value him so much. Do you like do you still take phone calls during that period there to go like, I mean, we're still open for a trade, or you just go, No, the hell with it. I got my guy and we're closing business. Oh, we did get phone calls and uh when when he was there, uh it was a very, very quick phone call. It was um it was a quickly, you know, no, we're not gonna mess up with this one and you know, um, pass off to the clubs, they're great. But, you know, that was a quick, easy decision to kind of just put it down. Let's not get cute and uh, take the guy who we think is a cornerstone player for us for a long time. Hey, Brad, you mentioned the culture, and that's been the common theme over the last three or four months since you were hired, since Dan Campbell became the head coach, since Chris Spielman became involved. And it's no secret that the Lions have struggled it's been 30 years since the team won a playoff game. You're coming from a Rams organization that just won a playoff game last year. Where is this culture coming from? Where where did it originate? Whose idea was it that this is the culture we're going to have here in Detroit? Well, I would say it, it, it starts from the very top, you know, with the Ford family and, and, and Sheila Hamp and, you know, um, that was one of the things that was very, very important uh, that she relayed, you know, um, definitely to myself and Dan in terms of uh, what she wanted. And, you know, um, you know, one of the things that she pointed out is a is a collaborative culture. And, you know, those are those are things that comes very, very natural to Dan and myself. And so the culture of, you know, being collaborative, um, having no ego, and then, you know, Dan and I's vision of, you know, finding the right players that are have grit and that are passionate about football, um, you know, that's, that, that, that's what we're all about. And it seems like it's coming together um, on the right pace so far. Yeah, like bring us into that a little bit, Brad. That's where, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed, of course, by the draft you just had here. You came from a Thank team you. with the Rams where you go, you guys, even though you traded a lot of draft picks, you, you made the most of the ones you had always. Like some of yeah. your core values and like your conversations with the coach, how does the process, without letting us know too much, kind of go down for you in this whole thing? Yeah, and, you know, credit to, you know, um, a, a, lot of, a lot of the uh, philosophies and values um, that I learned when I was in Los Angeles and Les Need uh, taught, taught me a lot. And so a lot of it was um, easy to carry over here in our building. And um, it's been a seamless transition. And again, you know, I preach, you know, the collaboration and, you know, we're kind of leaving the ego at, at the door. And it's a lot of it's a ton of credit for Dan and Dan hired a phenomenal coaching staff. And so it's just been a very, very seamless collaborative process where everybody's been on the same page and it's just in, in, in his work. So um, we still have more work to do. We're not done, but we're happy with the results that we got last week. 
I mentioned Chris Spielman, and I'm fascinated by his presence. He was on this show several years back. He can do a master class in film study. There's so much he can bring to the organization. What exactly, if I'm a Lions fan and I'm trying to figure out, what is he going to be doing? The easy answer, I think, is anything and everything that, that they want him to do. But what, what's your feel for what Chris's role will be day in and day out? Because he doesn't quite fit in any one bucket as you guys go forward. Yeah, uh, first thing I'd say about Chris is he's a hell of a teammate. Um, you know, he is, his, his sole purpose is to do any and everything that he can to improve the lines. And that's what he's done from day one. Uh, he, has, um, he has extremely impressive, uh, I'd call, uh, servant leadership traits that he brings to, to the table uh, day in and day out. And he's just been an incredible resource, and, and it does. It branches off to multiple areas. Um, he does wear multiple hats, but at the end of the day, uh, he truly just wants to help improve the lines in any way possible. And like I said, he's he just been a hell of a teammate, and that's been that, it's been that way since day one um, during the interview process and day one to, like, since I got the job. Hey, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, the butt kickers you got, the big guys. I mean, obviously that was a theme, like we talked about. But you had to get like a little chuckle uh, at the viral video of how you stole Aleem McNeil from the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Did that, that not make you laugh a little bit when you saw that go down? You know, I was unaware about that till the next day. Um, I, I, so somebody mentioned, you know, that there was something, you know, that that came out about about us selecting a lean and something that I had no idea. And then I kind of saw the video the next day, but um, we're, we're just, he's another one that we're just extremely thrilled to land. Um, you know, I've been saying all along that, you know, we're just going to pick the best football players, you know, uh, available to us. And that's what we did. But he just happened to fall into the, uh, yes, best football player available, but also did feel a need as well uh, that we had at, at, at nose tackle and um, really excited. But, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was kind of amusing when I saw the video. Hey, Brad, I would be remiss if I didn't check this box, given the report that the team is preparing to sever ties with – Running back carry on Johnson, a second round pick from a couple of years ago. Is that something you can confirm? Uh that's that's still not in uh totally confirmed yet. Um so um those things are still works in progress. How about is like was there a theme going into the draft? Like, you know, I know you talk about the board falling. It just seems like it fell how do you balance like need for culture and all of those type of things? Cause I mean, it just seems like these were all culture picks. How much do you guys talk about just winning the battle up front? That seems like it had to be a theme of your, your process here. You know, what? that's a great question, Chris, because uh, we really didn't go into it saying okay. like, all right, we have to get a tackle here and we got to get two defensive line. Like, we really didn't. We're like, we're going to get, the best football player. And so when obviously we talked about Panay is that, you know, him, you know, fortunately landed to us, you know, he was our highest graded player at, at the time. So, you know, we were thrilled, but then all the way down to Levi, you know, at 41, you know, we didn't even know if he was going to make it there. Right. Um, he had been one of my highest rated 
players uh, throughout the process. One of my, I would say not highest rated, but one of my favorite players throughout the process in the draft since last year, since I've been looking at him. So to be able to land him and then it just kept flowing on with the Lehman. I know there's a lot of people like, you know, well, you better get a wide receiver and this and that. But, you know, we weren't going to anchor ourselves to, to really need, but we were thrilled to be able to get Almon Ra in the fourth round. Yeah. And again, he's another one that fits the culture of, of what, we're, what we're building here in terms of Almon Ra. He, he's a dog. He's tough. You know, uh, he, he's, he, he's got the stuff in your neck that you really want as a football player. So we're thrilled to land him, not only just landing a wide receiver, but a guy like him. Brad, what kind of participation have you guys seen so far in the offseason program? And how do, how do you as an organization balance the reality that it's voluntary versus the reality that you got a football season to get ready for? You want guys to be in there so that they can learn what they can so it's easier to hit the ground running in training camp. Yeah, you know, um, I think Dan has done an incredible job with, you know, the the communication that he's had uh, with everybody in the building. And, you know, um, everything is is virtual right right now. You know, um, you know, players started to trickle in here and there. But, you know, um, Dan um, has had communication uh, with everyone. And, um, you know, we, we feel good about the plan that we have in place. Uh, right right now and so you know again it's it's virtual format right now um no one's mandated to do anything at the current time but um but we feel good about the plan that we have in place like do you do you go out and let players know you know about the Jawan James situation like is that something that you guys try to relay to the players who might not come to you know the voluntary part of of off-season workouts um, you know, we don't relay that information yeah. to them. Um, so, you know, I can't really – I'm not going to comment on another player or another team. Um, but, you know, that's not the information. That's not the message that we put out. Right. Does it surprise you, though, that that so many players seem to not be aware of a rule that's been in place since 1977, that if you work out away from the facility and you get injured, you're at risk of not getting paid this year? I- I'm stunned by how many players didn't seem to know about that, Brad. Yeah, you know, that's um that that that's up to, you know, um what 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 they have going on in terms of uh what their what their uh knowledge is of with the rules and and their their teams and agents in the PA, but um, you know, that that's that's out of my hands. Brad, last one for me. I just want to go back to the draft. I picked number 7 and I know you killed it with Sewell, but like you know a lot of t- a lot of people had you linked to maybe the quarterback conversation. And you traded for Jared Goff. I mean, how serious were you guys, you know, with this this uh, crop of guys that came out in the draft? Yeah, well, we wanted to do our due diligence on all the QBs. And I just think it's good drafting business to, to, to really know the QB market every year, uh, regardless of the of your circumstance and of the situation. And, you know, there, there, were, there, there was a good crop and there, there were guys that we liked. And so we didn't we didn't really know. Um, you know, just in normal preparation of the process, you know, we attended pro days. We we were, we were throwing our evaluation. So, um, you know, if, if if the if the right guy was there that made a lot of sense, then, you know, you know, we wouldn't have ignored it. But, you know, we just felt good about, you know, where we picked and who we acquired. And um, and we feel good about Jared going forward. 
You know, every football team has that T-shirt slogan every year. They print them out. They pass them out. Will some version of kneecap biting be on the Detroit Lions <laughs> training camp T-shirt this year? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that one up to Dan. You know, he's he's handling <laughs> a lot of the, uh, the 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 messaging around here. But you know, the, the <laughs> thing about Dan is that his 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 passion, his energy, everything is is infectious. He's a special guy, unique, but he's he's incredibly smart. Um, he, his ideas that he brings to the table has has been, you know, uh, truly amazing. And he really just gets your wheels spinning. And he's an outside the box thinker, very strategic thinker, and so um, just fired up to see, you know, when he's available to to get with his players and um, excited about the future. Well, it's been fun to see it unfold, Brad. We congratulate you on all the success of the offseason. And I interviewed Penny Sewell a couple of weeks ago. I'll tell you this. If you ever can't find him, check the Pizza Hut closest to the facility. <laughs> that guy is all about Pizza Hut. That's where he will be. All right, Brad. Hey, again, congratulations. We look forward to talking to you soon down the road. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Good luck, Brad. You're all the right. man. There he is. Thank you. Brad Holmes, Lions general manager. We got our Thursday. Well, we can react for a second or two. We got some time. Yeah. I, I, think, I, 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 I I'm excited. Look, anytime you've got 30 years of just kind of careening around aimlessly from regime to regime, and you have a group there now that is taking such a simple, clear, football-centric approach. Agreed, and what a shot. Yeah. Chris Spielman. Right. The ultimate, I'll kick your butt in a game that is a fundamental test of physical will and intestinal fortitude, what a shock that that's the culture that's trickling down to the rest of the organization. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they're, they're going back to basics. That's what they are. You know, that it, it, it's, it's, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, like Bill Parcells' style of football and thoughts here. You know, it's a, as much as we talk about Belichick and New England and, yeah, their X's and O's and how smart they are, we've also seen at the start of their dynasty and even this last two years the way they played, you know, the basics are, are a staple to the Patriots too, though. Physicality, you know, beating people up at the line of scrimmage. They don't miss tackles, right? All, like, the basic things you're taught as a peewee football player – you know, it's like back to basics that way, and the Detroit Lions are going to be that way. Dan Campbell's from that school of thought with Sean Payton and, and Bill Parcells and everything like that. So was Anthony Lynn. Spielman's the same way. So that's where it's, it is going to be fun to watch. It's a total change of culture. And uh, I found it interesting that, like, I would have thought for sure with their draft, like, right, it was like, we're, we're going to draft big guys no matter what, and that's all there was going to be to it. And he kind of told us, like, that wasn't really the plan of attack. Like, yeah, they wanted good players, but it wasn't about big guys. It just fell that way for them. And, you know, Spielman is going to be the ultimate weapon for them. No ego. Like Brad said, that servant leader type of attitude. He'll do whatever needs to be done. And I, I could listen to him talk about the nuances of film and the things that he looks for and how he cracks codes. And you've got that guy. You've got that. You've got access yeah. on top of whoever else you have on your coaching staff. You've got a guy who will roll up his sleeves and sit elbow to elbow and study that film and maybe see something that you otherwise would have missed. And that's something that most other teams don't have on top that's of amazing. the staff they already have in place. All right, let's take a break. Inspired by some stuff that's been going on in hockey, we're going to have a draft on this Thursday PFT Live that looks at public enemy number ones 
in the National Football League or Public Enemies number one. I guess either one would work. Either way, we'll do that next here on PFT. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Interesting stuff happening in hockey or troubling, depending upon which teams you root for. Tom Wilson of the Capitals getting into it. After the whistle, plenty of scrappiness, assault, Another assault. Oh, now that one, that's uncalled for. That's definitely assault. The referee's not really doing a very good job of scraping Wilson off. He ends up being sent out of the game, flexing a little bit. There were calls for him to be suspended. The Rangers had some big internal kerfuffle over it. And then last night, the two teams get together again, coincidentally, Rangers and Capitals. And right out of the gates, they're dancing. They're dancing and they're punching. And then Tom Wilson is on the ice. And I don't know why you go after a guy who loves to fight like that really doesn't you think it's going to upset him you think it's going to phase him so anyway everybody hates tom wilson except the capitals who love tom wilson isn't that pretty much how sports go yes if there's a guy like that who's on your team you love him if he's on any other team you hate him right but you want a guy like that on your team you, you do and i mean hockey you know they have those enforcers those guys i mean you, you know the answer to your question is like why would you want to fight a guy that likes to fight? Well, the guy that they pr- probably put out there to fight him, he likes to fight too. So I don't know. That's just part of the sport. Uh, it's crazy. It really is. And uh, they are some tough, tough group of athletes. That's for sure. Here's a trivia question for today's public enemies. Number one draft with no verbal answer. The answer is nonverbal. Are you ready? Whoa. Okay. Yes. Conrad Dobler a very well-known public enemy number one from back in the day. He was called the NFL's dirtiest player by Sports Illustrated at one point. He said this, I see defensive linemen jump to knock a pass down. When that happened near me, I'd smack them in the solar plexus, and that got their hands down real quick. So, Chris, for the first pick in the draft, point to your solar plexus. Somewhere in here. Oh, no. It is far closer to the spleen, or at least where the spleen used to be. It is down right here. Down in there. It's the gut. It's the gut, basically. You know what? I I hate to admit this. Yeah. But the vast majority of my knowledge of anatomical terms came from watching pro wrestling when I was a kid. 
Yeah. Because the solar plexus was one of the things that you heard about. <laughs> You're right. And, it, you uh, did hear about it. Obviously, <laughs> I didn't know where the hell it was. But yes. it, it sounds so much better than he kicked him in the gut. Yeah. So the solar plexus. All right. Uh, right Miles Garrett, speaking of assault, it's got to be Miles Garrett, public enemy number one in Pittsburgh from the incident with Miles, uh, with Mason Rudolph a year and a half ago. There's no other guy that fits into that category. He pulled off a guy's helmet and hit him over the head with it. Of course, he's public enemy number one. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I, I think you're exactly right. I think he is public enemy number one. It's hard to really argue against that. He would have been my first pick. You know, honestly, in a lot of ways, I'm not sure the, his, his, his teammate, o- OBJ, is not like public enemy number two. I'm going to go with him as my first pick. Yeah, he's polarizing. I mean, I don't know. I feel like most people think he's overrated and a jerk now and complaining and everything like that to where, yeah, I, I feel like he is a little bit public enemy uh, right now there, especially as far as an offensive star is concerned. He's pretty polarizing that way. It seems it's a love or hate thing with OBJ. Um, man, I could go a lot of different ways here. I guess I'll go with the the next most obvious, even though they don't get real obvious beyond the first two. I, I, Juju Smith-Schuster, I love the guy. Interviewed him the other day. We played it last night on PFTM. He's very, PFTPM, very engaging, but the dancing on the logos, the Browns is the Browns. He talked at some length yeah. about the lessons learned from that, and uh, he stirs him up. He stirs him up, and that's what makes you public enemy number one. You're the guy who stands out. You're the one they're looking for. You're the one that they wanna that they wanna whack like they did in that Bengals Monday night game after he had danced on their logo before the game started. Yeah, no, I, I mean he he certainly fits the mold of this. He is. I think he's like he's exactly like exactly what you talk about, like a guy that I think everybody loves to have on their team. And it's it's really it's funny because it's not unlike public enemies that we usually talk about. His antics are. I do believe all in good fun. Like it's not, right. you know, so that's where it is kind of funny to where people hate it with a guy that's trying to do something that's not really that mean. But here's the thing. Yeah. The first, the first thought I had when I saw this was the topic for today's draft. Yeah. All right. The dirtiest players. Well, who are the dirtiest players right now? Are there any players that have a reputation for being uh, dirty? Yes. His I, name's Indomitian Sue, which would be my oh, next pick. I forgot pick. about him. Right. Oh, I forgot about him. <laughs> but that will be my next pick. But you're right. So what's I think he that's, done lately? That's what's the he only, done lately? He did throw dirty? a right hook to Patrick Mahomes' head and also oh, yeah. threw one, I believe, to Rodgers, too. So he's still at it. There's no doubt. I got no problem with it. You know me, and we talk about this a lot. It's, it's old school football, I whatever. About, how did I forget about Dominican? I don't know. I don't know, but it was great that you did because it's a good pick for me. Yes, he is the intimidator. He is public enemy number one. And really, yeah, public enemy number one. But if I needed like security detail for any bad thing I ever had to go to and needed a bodyguard, He'd probably be the guy I'd call and go, hey, can you, I'll pay you a lot of money to protect me. I don't think anybody will mess with you just with the, the sheer sight of you is going to scare the crap out of everybody, let alone how strong and athletic you are. Here, here's what I'll say. Even though he was a key contributor to the Buccaneers defensive line, right. he's not, he's not the short list Aaron Donald ish big deal. That no, he's not anymore. Ago. That's so, right. Right. So the dirty stuff kind of subsides and he really hasn't done the kind of stuff that he used to do, yeah. like stomping on a guy's arm, pro wrestling style. Right. 
uh, stepping, stepping on, on Aaron Rodgers' right, leg right. and then claiming it was because his feet were numb because he <laughs> yeah, was on sure. the frozen tundra, sure. which was beautiful. <laughs> it was ridiculous, but it was beautiful. I, I, speaking of frozen tundra, and I, I just think right now, public enemy number one from the standpoint of, you know, because we talked about the guy that you love if he's on your team and you hate if he's on the other team. Well, Aaron Rodgers is in no man's land right I, now. I know. Because uh, Packers fans aren't quite sure what to think. Fans of other teams are sick of hearing about it. Yeah, right. Uh, and, you know, the the only fans out there that probably are inclined to reserve judgment are Broncos fans because he may be they their quarterback. Right. <laughs> right, right. It's not that bad what he's doing. We're, we're fine with it. It's it's okay. He's not that bad of a guy. We, we see it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I know. You know, Rodgers and Brady, I think, are two of the quarterbacks. I, I mean, they're the only two quarterbacks I wrote on my list, really. I did think about Russell Wilson a little bit. Because I know some people like he rubs the wrong way with you know the way I guess he they think he's corny or whatever else. But yeah, I think Rodgers and Brady, Rodgers especially the guy right now. Brady has a little bit of that in him. But we're missing. There's another one here, and oh, he's Tommy Boy's friend. His name's Antonio Brown. Yes. He is definitely part of the public enemy draft. There's no doubt. I can't go. But not like he would have been two years no, ago. No, he's not. He's not. But still, he's got still such a long damn list of crap, though. He he deserve, he reserved the right to be available two years later after being good. So, uh, yes, I, I think he is a guy that, you know, you again, you just look at you look at the social media reactions to anything that's ever said about Antonio Brown. I mean, I think it's still fair to say he's the, a pretty big enemy. Hey, not making the list for me because I, I, you know, they cut him, they brought him back. I'm not sure where he fits into the plans. Richie Incognito. I mean, th that guy has been for the past seven, eight years, constantly in the middle of something. Who'd you say? I, it, all, it broke up on Rich, me. Richie, and, Richie Incognito. Oh, no doubt about it. He was on the list. Yeah, yeah that, that was, uh, you're right. He could have. He definitely could have made it. There's no doubt about it. Um, who else? Do you have anybody else? I mean, I even like Jamal Adams. I wrote on my list. Tyree Kill, you know, with his situation, and I feel like even Jalen Ramsey is that way too, where people think he's some jerk because he's mean on a football field and talks crap to receivers, and like people think he's a bad human being because he does that. I think he's awesome because oh, he does it guy we played uh some sound from yesterday marcus peters same thing uh, right he could get on the list and, right uh he's D jalen ramsey is on his list and he's probably on jalen ramsey's list and as <laughs> i said yesterday they play this year so that could be fun let's go ahead and take a break i, I want to unpack one of the answers that brad holmes gave us earlier in the hour about the fate of running back carry on johnson i think i know what he was saying and we'll, we'll delve into that and try to figure out where it goes from here when PFT Live continues. Florio, your public enemy number one on all players' lists. Guys like Mike Florio. Yes! Don't waste your Get time him, Aaron Rodgers! Reading, uh, reading crap like that. That's crap! Yes! All right. <laughs> Are we in break? Can we go to break? <laughs> now we can go to break. I called for the break 30 seconds ago! <laughs> There was a story last night that the Lions intend to cut running back Carrion Johnson. Second round pick in 2018. Technically, he would pass through waivers if he is released because he's got fewer than four years of service. 
We asked Brad Holmes about it. He said it's still a work in progress. My interpretation, Chris, and this is based upon countless examples we've seen in the past. The word gets out that the guy could be waived or cut. And in lieu of that happening, what occurs? Somebody calls. Hey, somebody don't offers cut them. something. We'll give you a six-round yeah. pick. Whatever. Right. right. And, 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 and I feel like that's either going to happen today or it's not. But th- that's, that's that very strategic leak of information aimed at getting someone to call and say, oh, we can get on Johnson? I mean, he has not been horrible. He is losing out in the numbers game between DeAndre Swift, who they drafted last year in round two. They add Jamal Williams via free agency this year. Somebody's got to go. Maybe we should have seen this coming. And now that the draft has come and gone, hey, there's a, a running back with tread on the tires who's available. I know there's been a knee that the team's yeah, been concerned about. But right. if somebody wants to throw, even if it's a seventh-round pick, so be it. You get something for for carry on Johnson instead of nothing. No, I, I agree. I, Mike, I mean, I think you're spot on. I think that's exactly what's going on there. And it does. I think it's all about that situation with carry on Johnson. He's young. Uh, he did do some good things early on in his career, but you're right. I think it's the knee issue. The knee issue is really what led them, I think, to, to, to draft DeAndre Swift. And then they signed Jamal Williams this this year in the offseason and free agency. So he is a little bit expendable that way. Uh, but again, another example, Mike, of the trials and tribulations of a running back. The damn guy's 23, and here he is fighting for his life in the NFL. It's, it's a shame, and it's the way it is, and that's why we always say get paid what you can while you can. We're out of time. Chris, enjoy your weekend. Everybody else, see, see you tomorrow. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.